Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. And away we go, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. We are the Illini guys. I'm glad to hear about this. Uh, football bye week. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. We have, uh, despite that, still uh, lots to come. Uh, Jim Williams, who is a, he's a veteran journalist. If you follow him on X, this guy is somebody we all follow. And um, he always has the inside stuff um, on the whole college, you know, football realignment thing. So, uh we love that that he's a friend of the Illini guys and he's going to come on here uh, here at the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's find out what's next in the um, constant merry-go-round that is college sports. Because um, you know it's not over. If you listen to us, you know it's not over. We keep telling you it's not over and it's never over. In fact, so many think it's just beginning. We'll get his thoughts. Um, second hour of the show, for those of you hanging around, um, we've got a basketball roundtable with a big game coming up uh, later on here on Sunday. And that's kind of where we start here, guys. Um, this is pretty cool. You rarely see a preseason exhibition doesn't count in the standings game between two top 25 teams, but that's the case Sunday afternoon at State Farm Center when Illinois ranked 25th takes on number one Kansas. Yeah, the the thing of late for the past few years has become secret scrimmages and coaches can work on all different types of things. I know when Illinois played Kansas last year in St. Louis, they would do things like you know, they could, they would stop it and re- rerun a play in the middle and, and things like that. I was talking to Brad Underwood about that and how they did. Obviously, that's not going to happen this time. So because they're in front of, you know, you know, 10 to I don't know how many going to be 12,000, 13,000 people. So um, it's going to be more like a game setting. And and uh, I think it's awesome. You know, great, great cause, great event. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I, I think you're going to see two teams and. You know, John Rothstein came out this week and called Illinois when his Dark Horse Final Four team. So it kind of gives you an idea that Illinois can be pretty good, and Kansas is is ranked number one. So this is a lot of fun. Yeah, and this is uh, the a birth of uh, a great idea from a strong relationship between Bill Self and Brad Underwood, which results in a fundraiser for the Maui folks who had to deal with the horrific fires earlier in the year. So it's a huge win for Illini in Kansas and and college basketball fans and a a great win for those people who need help. And certainly if you want a ticket, there are still some tickets available and the pricing is really good. So great, uh, great game and a great cause. Yeah, fantastic cause. And as we've talked about, we all either have been to Maui or we know someone who's been to Maui or we know someone who lives in Maui. And I've mentioned here in this space that uh, a good friend of mine, um, his two adult daughters live over uh, in Honolulu, but uh, grew up there in Maui. He's a Maui native and he and his wife got out before their home was totally destroyed. And so um, tickets only $40 going for a great cause. And you could say to see two great programs. And you're right. This is one where goes back to the Underwood self relationship. Um, you know, as Brad mentioned, they played a secret scrimmage last year, right? Only played very well against them. And, um, you know, here's a chance guys, to your point, and we'll get more into this a little, a little bit later. I love the fact that Illinois is, um, one, they're ranked in the preseason, which means there's some respect, right? And that, that hasn't happened uh, for a long time, but we're getting to that point now where even though they haven't had a lot of success in the NCAA tournament, they're still respected as one of the top 25 teams with all the veteran guys here. Uh, and it's great to hear as well. Not only are you ranked 
but how some of the pundits, and we all respect John Rothstein really well um, on a high level, that they're just scratching the surface. Like 25, they're much better than that, possibly. That's exciting that that the program is back up to that point. Oh, no question. I mean, the days of, you know, not making the NCAA tournament, I mean, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that's not fast enough for fans, right? I mean, it's not fast enough going from not making the NCAA tournament from 2014, 15, 16, 17, et cetera. Uh, it was, it's not fast enough, but it is a, it, the way things work. It's how you build a program is to consistently become, first of all, an NCAA tournament team, a top 25 team. doesn't mean you're not, and, and you know, in this, during this time period, it always been a top five team as well. It'd been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. It just didn't maybe get the run that they were expecting that year. So this is how you rebuild a program. Brad Underwood's done a great job with that. Now it's just a matter of maybe getting over that hump and getting to the next uh, step. Yeah, and last year Illinois won and then kind of had a little bit of a disappointment. And Kansas went on to do, um, well, what I would call very well in the, in the tournament. Um, maybe maybe this year if Illinois loses, maybe that's the uh, uh, predictor of just an incredible, incredible season coming for the Illini. That's the very logical way to think of this. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like your line of thinking. Exactly. Um, well, it's, a, I believe, a 5 p.m. 5 p.m. tip-off, right, on Sunday. State Farm Center. A ticket's $40. FightingLadi.com. Uh, get them before they uh, they go. We'll talk more about this game here again in our roundtable segment here a bit later on in the show. Uh, one mention, by the way, before we shift away from basketball, Terrence Shannon Jr., already a preseason All-American by several media outlets, uh, unanimous uh, first team Big Ten preseason pick as well, uh, named to the Jerry West uh, Jerry West Award watch list of the top twenty shooting guards, uh, and that voting by the way is underway. You can go to hoopshallawards.com. Uh, we've done this before for Isle Desumu. We've done it for for Kofi Colburn, and uh, get out there and vote hoopshallawards.com. We'll keep reminding you in this space. Make sure that you get out there as uh, again deserving to be uh, named the top shooting guard in the country. We mentioned football with a bye week. Um, frustrating last week, uh, the loss to Wisconsin, a twenty one seven lead evaporating as we saw the Badger score 18 straight points for the 25-21 win, getting that touchdown in the waning moments at Memorial Stadium to disappoint a homecoming crowd. Uh, more on that in a moment from the guys. Right now, Brett Bieleman uh, talking about this uh, program right now in the off week. Have you or are you going to appeal to Johnny's? Already done. Yep. Already done and denied and uh, yeah, it is what it is. How would you characterize just the conversations with the Big Ten about this season with, with officials and all that? You know, I've been, this is my, uh, what is this, seven? 10th year in the league uh, as a head coach. Um, uh, you know, I think every coach gets off the field on Saturday and you're going to see things through a different lens. Um, what I try to do is just kind of take the perspective of, hey, what do I see during the game? I make evaluation what I see on Sunday. I would say on a whole, we usually turn in, you know, three, four, five plays. Um, uh, I think, that, you know, some that I've been surprised to answer, some I've also been satisfied, but it really doesn't matter. All we use it for is teaching. I literally turn in plays sometimes to teach my guys, but also to teach, you know, officials or the Big Ten, like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Am I seeing it right? And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll get a varied amount of responses. But Johnny's a little bit different because that was an NCAA appeal, and, and that's a, a formal NCAA process because of him being ejected from the game. So um, I had a conversation with him last night when I found out, and, and Johnny, you know, you saw how much it hurt him during the course of the game. Um, you know, uh, my appeal was obviously that he used his hands in some fashion, but uh, I understand uh, why I got called, and I understand why we're standing here today, and we just got to move forward. The biggest thing is we have to move forward. As a D lineman, one of the things we commonly talk about is you're going to have plays where you beat 
alignment, you have a free shot and a quarterback can't see you. And we've, we've talked extensively how to take that play on. And thankfully, we haven't had any of these. Uh, you know, Johnny, I believe, has had over 100 pressures. I don't know how many sacks and hurries and has never been even more close to this. So, uh, unfortunately, it causes him to miss, you know, uh, half a game and half of another, but it is what it is. How do you feel? rule, that rule about missing the next Yeah. What's your general? I mean, if I get out, it. Yeah. yeah I, I get it. Um, you know, one of the things I was actually on the committee that when we first implemented this rule, really? I was on a rules committee, okay. and we had talked about different ways. And the main thing is we want to curb the behavior of our of, of our student athletes, sure. right? In, in the name of player safety. And I don't think unequivocally anybody can sit back and say that hasn't changed, right? Like our guys, uh, I think the game, you know, uh, five years ago, ten years ago, has changed dramatically about how they launch, how they Correct. use their head. I think it's almost obvious now, like you, you will hear people in the stands say, oh, that's tough, you know, because people recognize when it happens, right? Like when people lead with their head and use it as a weapon and it's set up to help protect the defensive player more than the offensive player, right? Uh, Brett Bielema talking about, uh, again, it's a difficult situation right now. Got to move forward. Looking forward to the trip to Minnesota uh, next week uh, on this. Uh, guys, I think, again, the disappointing thing was Johnny Newton getting ejected from the game and that controversial uh, you know, targeting call. Um, but look, you, you still, that's one play. It changed the dynamic dynamic of the game, no question, but you got to find a way to get these wins. Um, and Illinois right now, uh, one and four, a bowl bid is still out there, uh, but you got to finish off these games. Yeah, they, you know, they, they the worst part about it is they really were in control of that game before the Newton um, hit and, and ejection. I mean, he had been just dominant. I mean, probably is a dominant performance from a defensive lineman as we've seen all year in college football. I mean, he was completely dominating Wisconsin. Now, um, I think it was kind of a uh, – it was an iffy thing. And, you know, it's funny. We look at a play like Brock Purdy in the NFL – probably is a targeting call in college football and they probably he probably would have to sit out another uh game right so these are the kind of things that don't make a lot of sense to me i mean i get the if you want to call a penalty fine but there's got to be a difference between like a, a like a targeting with an ejection and a targeting that's like a, a a defenseless person like i mean a person who doesn't know they're coming receiver over the middle you hit him head to head i mean there's got to be a different they have to have levels for this stuff and i think you, you saw this with johnny newton i think there's a a better way to handle this and maybe they'll evaluate in the offseason yeah the, the difference between this hit and the hit that was taken by marvin harrison where you could literally see the defensive back from Georgia come across the play. Um, I'm not even certain if that was anywhere near his zone, but come across the play and go helmet to helmet against him, put him out of the national title game, not have anything called, let alone, you know, taking him out of the game. Um, and then you see where, you know, basically Newton had no time to do much of anything. He certainly made a mistake by moving his head down a little bit. There's no doubt, but you, there was no ill intent by what he did. And it was there. There's just a difference in those two plays. And the, I know the referees, they're not mind readers, but boy, when you, when you start putting people into the play where you're assuming things that were assumed on Johnny Newton um, and it, it totally changed the game. And I, and it, you can there's no debate to that and i don't think that's what any any you know official wants to do so illinois three and five going into the final month of the season and it lays out like this next week they're at minnesota followed by a home game against indiana at iowa and then back home against northwestern uh four games guys that i think 
Um, Illinois has a chance to be favored in three of them. Uh, Iowa, I, I feel, is a winnable game because they have no offense. Um, it would it would seem that getting six wins um, is possible for this team. How do you see it playing out the rest of the way? Well, I think if they play well, if they play like they have, you know, the against at Maryland and then against Wisconsin, I really do feel like they'll win three out of the four games. Um, I don't know about winning at Iowa because it is tough, and Iowa's defense may score enough points to to beat Illinois because I'm not sure their offense can. But yeah, so I think three out of four, I, I think they can do it if they play the way they've been playing the last two weeks. If they play like they did against Purdue, Nebraska, Purdue and Nebraska, then yeah, it's going to be a, probably a four and eight, five and seven finish at best. Yeah, the biggest challenge going three and one, which they should be able to do if you just think of the team, um, is that they're they've not more won two in a row yet. And to win three out of four would be asking an awful lot. But they should be able to do it. And Coach B and the staff have to elevate the game of this, you know, elevate the play level of this team. If if you want to go to a bowl game, you're gonna have to do it. No question about that. So, hey, once again, we are the Illini guys, and we have so much coming up uh, here on this show. Up next, uh, Mike catches up with uh, our analysts, uh, Matt Stevens and Steve Sturm. You read all their film breakdowns, game breakdowns that are really good stuff. If you're not on IlliniGuys.com, that alone is worth the price of admission. Um, and so we'll get their thoughts on this uh, Illini program right now, um, not just the Wisconsin game, but again, the season, uh, where they are and where they need to go. It's all next. It's on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Hi, Larry Smith here with details on a special Illini Guys deal with one of the premier home building and remodeling companies in greater Chicago, HX Home Solutions. If you live in the Chicago area or if you know someone who does and your home or business is in need of attention, call HX. Tell them you're with the Illini Guys and get $1,000 off your project. They offer full residential, commercial, and industrial remodeling and new construction services and only use the best in-class products with the top installers. Get $1,000 off with the Illini Guys discount. Why HX? They're experienced in business since 1950. They're respected, an A rating from the Better Business Bureau, and over 100 five-star reviews on Google. They're elite. They use only top materials like James Hardy siding. I have Hardy Plank on my own home. It's durable, looks good, and increased the value of my home. Marvin Windows, hail-proof Ural Shield roofing, and much more. And they finish on time. None of this stuff sitting in your driveway weeks after they were supposed to be done already. The Illini Guys discount is available to anyone listening to this message. Their number is 224-880-6000 and their website, hxhomesolutions.com. Be sure to mention the Illini Guys to get your discount hxhomesolutions.com. What's the best way to get rid of a timeshare that you don't want? Call the Timeshare Exit Hotline. We're a group of attorneys that help customers legally exit their timeshares. It's an easy process. We guarantee results or you pay nothing. Exit your timeshare today. Call now. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. And don't forget to follow us on X at Illini underscore guys, I-L-L-I-N-I underscore guys, G-U-Y-S. 
Uh, make sure you keep up with uh, all the latest things. And uh, always, as a reminder, free seven-day trial on IlliniGuys.com. Uh, sign up. Check it out for seven days. If you don't like it, uh, no hard feelings. Uh, but we think you'll like it and stick around. Hey, you know, one of the if you like podcasts, um, one of the products we have out there is our Eye on the Illini podcast. It is free to anybody. You don't have to be a member. And uh, Mike Hagley does a great job uh, of uh, keeping up some great content. And this week, he uh, gathered our analyst, uh, Matt Stevens and Steve Sturm, to talk about um, this football team right now standing at 5-3 and three overall, 1-4 and four after the disappointing loss at home uh, to Wisconsin last week. Uh, let's listen to part of that podcast as the two uh, talk about this team and where they stand right now. The Illini come in a disappointing 3-5. and five. So I guess um, I'm going to let each of you guys do kind of your version of a thumbnail on where the Illini are at three and five in the 2023 football season. Matt, you want to start off? Not good. Um, I, I, it's not good. I, I, I don't think the schedule has been uberly difficult. Um, I just don't. Uh, and I, I, I look, there's, I said it before the season started that I didn't think that I had to get real creative to get to 0-3. I don't have to get real creative with this season to get to 1-7. And and, and that's that's really looking at it from, like, if there's not Luke Altmaier, you know, uh, if there's not Luke Altmaier <laughs> miracles happening on the last drive, um, you're 1-7. So uh, this has not at all gone the way that Brett Bielema and the people in the Smith Center – wanted it to go it's not how they expected it to go there were I've, I've said it before i'll say it again there were a lot of there was a lot of chest thumping and a lot of confidence coming out of that building in the summer and it was all gone by the time you know probably the end of the penn state game happened um and if not earlier than that probably on that friday night that they took their first l at kansas so um you, you can do offense defense and special teams there's been problems in every department and I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence going forward that those problems are going to get solved in the last four in these last four games because um, this is not going to be a situation in which there's people that are coming off the bench that are going to help and save you. So what you've got to hope for is you've got to hope for player development to happen. And I think this is a very, very young football team on the offensive side. Of, and I think you're seeing development happen with guys like Luke Altmeyer, with guys like Caden Fagan and with, you know, young guys that they have on the offensive line that you're going to need to have to be starters next year. And so I think that that's, that's where I think you have to look at this. And, and um, you know, I, I, I said it in my column coming out of Saturday night, uh, you know, following the, you know, the collapse that was the Wisconsin game, you know, Brett Bielema said he didn't come here to go five and seven, five and seven doesn't look too terribly bad at this point. Um and five and seven maybe is your reality at this point. So that's it's it, it 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 all the air was out of the balloon before October first. And if it wasn't out of the air on October first, when they left West Lafayette, it was all gone. And I just I I, I think the the most disappointing part of this for me is that you thought you were so far ahead of three programs that had first year coaches, and you're not anywhere far ahead of any of those programs right now. And that's that's disappointing when you talk when we when we you know, zoom out and we talk about an 18 team big 10 with the Pacific Northwest and the escape from LA. Um, that's Illinois is not anywhere close to those four schools. And so 
now you've got to figure out where you sit in that in that regard too and it's 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 not real not real encouraging it's not a real encouraging outlook steve well my take i guess i'm a little more optimistic than matt um i i think that it's it's a very tough situation i mean if you were a pro team and you were in illinois situation you would tank right there's no question you play the young kids you tank you get a better draft pick but of course, that's not the reality of college sports and particularly college football. Um, so if you're Brett Bielema right now, you got to win some games. And that means you got to play the best players on the field. And that, that involves a lot of upperclassmen and, and guys who are leaving rather than the perhaps a few younger guys with a little bit more potential. Malik Elzey, um, for instance, you know, you got a couple guys you could give some reps on the line, at least a series or two, just to kind of get their feet wet um, on the offensive line. Um, on the defensive line, man, that's our backups are, are rough. I mean, I don't think, I don't think given exposing those guys right now is going to help anybody. Um, certainly isn't going to help me as I, you know, want to tear my eyes out watching them play. Um, but in this situation, five and seven is really what he has to go for. I mean, six and six, obviously still possible. Um, every one of those games on the schedule still winnable, but you know, your chances of winning all four of them are ooh, very slim. Um, so you're Brett Bielema right now. You got to kind of just keep doing what you've been doing. You know, you get a Hunter Whitenack, you know, a few more reps on the line, put him in, in positions where he can succeed. Um, you know, you're kind of burning the, sh the red shirt for Henderson already. So maybe you give him a few more reps. He's not, he's not, you know, it's, it's very limited the number, the amount of uh, plays that he's had so far, but he's not in over his head. So maybe you give him a series here and there. But aside from that, you keep doing what you're doing because you're not that bad on the field. This is something I've been harping on my trench report every week because I keep seeing it. Illinois gets deflated. The players get down. The coaches can't turn the ship. And all of a sudden, it's a, it's a tailspin, and we've got an ugly loss. And that has happened in at least three games already this year, and that's what really has to get fixed. That's a coaching and a leadership problem, and unfortunately, that's harder to find than players. Yeah, and – and it's also a depth problem. I think, you know, for those people who are not um, IlliniGuys.com subscribers, you there's a message board on there where uh, subscribers have debates amongst each other. And then Matt or Steve or Brad Sturdy or Ked, Larry or myself will jump in as well. Not that our opinions are any more valuable than any subscribers, but uh, Steve, you you put together a theory about the depth that that Coach Bielema is trying to uh, put together, and it's not a complete puzzle yet. But that may be some of the issues with the deficit in scoring in the fourth quarter. Would you mind sharing that here for listeners? Uh, I mean, <laughs> theory is almost a generous word to say. Yeah, I, I agree. But I do believe we have a depth problem. We don't. Our last two recruiting classes were just fine. I thought our, our last recruiting class, in particular, the class of 2023, was definitely a, a Big Ten can a Big Ten nine-win team, sort of a, a a class, nothing to be ashamed about with it whatsoever. Uh, the class before it was pretty good, but before that, you've got just a huge dearth, um, huge problem, and they didn't address it in the portal. I, I mean, Matt, I think might want to chime in. We've got you know, the NIL money got spent on guys who could return, and that makes sense. Um, but, you know, where would we be without Randolph and Newton? You know, we'd be in terrible shape, obviously. So, you know, people complain, ah, we're not spending money, we're not spending money. Well, we spent money on those guys that we really needed, but 
I believe that there were probably some low rent, let's just say, transfers that you could get that could have filled in the blanks a lot better than we have on both sides of the line in particular, maybe even a linebacker. Um, and they, I think that the coaching staff was a little bit overconfident in getting the young guys ready, and I think it really shows now. So um, to answer, actually answer your question rather than be a politician, Mike, um, the fact is in most cases – you have underperforming players, you have perhaps tired players, you yank them, right? You, you know, you give the other guys a couple series and you maybe even give those guys a starting job if it's warranted. We just don't have those options right now on both sides of the line in particular and in the linebacking core. And, you know, we had a key injury in the linebacking core, but um, um, with uh, on blank and Matt, who's or either one of you, who's the linebacker from, uh, from Joliet that got hurt? Uh, Blake Hood. Malachi Hood, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Malachi Hood. Yeah, um, you know he would have been part of it. But aside from that, we're we're just not strong enough in the linebacker. You know, among our our key linebackers, so it, it's just a depth problem that has hurt the coaching staff. It's hurt you know the general ways that you would normally keep guys fresh and keep guys competitive. So that's my that's my theory. Let's say we'll we'll move, we'll move it down to a hypothesis. Sure, an idea. Matt, any uh. Any comments? Two problems there. One is that this head coaching staff really likes their linebackers. They like Dylan Rosiak. They like KO. They think that they're part of the future. Um, I think that they were a little bit overconfident in how much Tyreek Barnes was going to progress. Um, and then Tyreek got hurt, too. Um, so from a linebacking perspective, Andy Booth thinks his group's pretty good. So any hope that they're going to go into the portal and get linebackers is probably Fugazi. Um, and, and then that leads me to my second point, which is you guys can forget about the portal. I, I, look, I'm going to make this really clear until I hear the head coach talk differently about how he wants to address the portal. This is how he wants to address the portal, which is if you want money, you aren't going to get it from Illinois. And that's how it's been the last two and a half years out of the portal. And I don't see any reason for Brett Bielema, as 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 I know him, to change his stance on anything because he hasn't done it his entire career, and 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 he has been very adamant that he will not pay for players out of the portal. It won't happen. Period. Um, so I I don't know where people think that this help from the portal is going to come when Illinois is not going to get into the pay for play game, and. I have no evidence from the head coach, the athletic director, and the chancellor, who are all in line on this, to say, well, we're going to drastically change our stance on how we're going to how we're going to operate here. Because they are they are steadfast in how they want to operate in that in that world. And do I think it's going to work? No. But my opinion means nothing when it comes to how they operate in the Smith Center. So um I just I I don't see it. I mean, you, I, I I have yet to see them shell out any kind of money for a player that is not a quarterback in the portal. Period. And and I don't consider. I don't think Brett Bielema thinks he's doing something wrong. And every time you put him in front of a microphone, he has said, "I'm not doing it." I wish everybody all the best of luck in the world who is doing it. Um, it ain't going to happen here because I work too long to be a head coach, and I'm not going to lose it based off of doing that. So. Based off that answer that he has given publicly about how he views the portal, he thinks it's wrong. He thinks that it's a rules violation and he's not going to do it. So 
Um, Illinois is going to have to develop the talent that they get through recruiting means better than they are now and watch everybody else try to get, you know, fix their problems in the portal. So I, I just, I don't know why people would think that that's, that's going to change. Brett Bielema has never, has never done anything. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe around the word stubborn, but the man has basically said, this is how I view things. And I don't care how you, how anybody else views it. This is how we're going to do things. And I got to give him respect on the, I got to, I got to give him respect on the idea that he's pretty steadfast when he, when he, when he makes his mind up and this is this is where I see his mind being made up, and and he has not been anything. The interesting thing is, is that people go, well, that's coach speak, Matt. He's saying that in front of a public microphone. The interesting thing I've always found about Rhett Bielema is when you get him off the record, if and when you ever get him off the record, it doesn't sound a whole lot different than when you get him on the record. Like uh, we'll, that's the thing about Brett Bielema. We'll see how the fundraisers at Illinois do, and then maybe maybe they can they can cause some internal conflict for Coach B. But if they don't raise more money, there won't be any conflict to be had because I do think after the quarterback position, people who put pressure on 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 the quarterback are the the uh, rarest commodity in football and. We find that the SEC line, you know, the the SEC national titles many times are on a foundation of a defensive line that's really, really good. Once again, that's Mike Hagley catching up with IlliniGuys.com football analyst uh, Matt Stevens and Steve Sturm. Uh, they just do just some fantastic stuff for their film breakdowns, the trench report, uh, recruiting breakdowns. Um, and talking about this uh, program right now. And again, for the entire podcast, uh, just go find I on the Illini anywhere that you uh, get your podcast. All right, stay with us. We've got Jim Williams talking uh, college realignment next here on the Sports Spectacular. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care you're listening to the sports spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini guys radio network now let's get back to the studio welcome back here to the show as you know we've been talking quite a bit about uh college uh well it's college football let's face it that's what's driving the vehicle um uh, college realignment and expansion and we've been saying uh, ever since the announcement of ucla and usc going to the big 10 uh, at the end of June last year, we've been saying this thing is not over anytime soon, and we really believe that. Um, one of the the, the people out there, uh, the journalist who really has gotten our attention on Twitter, on X, that we really enjoy, his name is Jim Williams. Um, if you get a chance to follow him, um, he's with Zinger News Service, and uh, he's a contributing columnist for uh, Sports Illustrated, for Forbes, uh, for Newsweek. And he has all been all over this, and he is a must-read um, on social media if you get a chance to. But before you do that, we are thrilled to have him on here with us. Jim, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I know we've had uh, some scheduling issues, but I'm very pleased to be with you guys today. 
and and we we uh, really we are honored that you you worked that out. Hey, I want to dig right in with. Let's start first sure. with the Big Ten. And as we were talking here in the commercial break before we started, um, you know, I really believed that um, by the time we got to 2030, that we would see six of the Pac-12 teams in the Big Ten. Um, I was two thirds right. I mean, there were four of them went instead. Um, now, here's what here's what I threw out there. And, and you you push back and told me I'm wrong. And this is where I admit I'm wrong. I'm OK. I really felt that Stanford and Cal not going to the Big Ten was more the Big Ten not wanting them than them not wanting the Big Ten, and and you were told me that I was wrong with that. So uh, clear that up for us. Well, you're partly wrong uh, because we talked about Stanford. Um, the original plan was for USC and Stanford uh, to be offered the um, you know the opportunity to join the conference. And what happened was that uh, as time went on. Um, they continued to have conversations, and uh, and Stanford didn't seem to think that uh, that the deal was something that they were interested in. And you have to understand something: Stanford does not need money. Okay, that is one thing. Stanford right. Stanford right. has a thirty-eight billion dollar endowment. They have a one billion dollar sports endowment. Okay, wow. so the sports department itself could buy the conference if that was what they wanted to do. Um, so what happened as time went on was USC said, look, how about we do this? How about we do just, you know, us and our crosstown rivals, UCLA, that'll make life simple. You just have to fly into Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, obviously football doesn't, you know, that's a, not a problem because it's paying for itself, but, for the other sports, let's say basketball and such, you just fly into LA, you play SC on Wednesday night, you play, you know, UCLA on Saturday night, and you're out of town. So, you know, you never really have to use, leave the hotel. So travel would not have been a problem there. So that was the theory of the case. And as time went on and things began to dissolve, meaning the, the pact began to dissolve, that's when there was a strong push for Washington and Oregon to uh, to you know enter the the package for the Big Ten, and eventually, obviously, uh, when when uh, on that Friday uh, morning uh, when everything went you know pear shaped, um, Washington and Oregon found themselves in the Big Ten. It's a so so obviously with the Big Ten, it's a these schools are gaining financially, right? I mean, they're gaining a lot of money, and like you said, Stanford maybe didn't need that as much as some of the other ones. But what what is the when you look at all of the how how this all plays out in the Big Ten? Do you think they stay at eighteen teams? Who how do they look to expand and gain more after the four from the West Coast they've added? Well, I think, again, here's the thing, the theory of how the Big Ten works. Uh, you know, I, I had the pleasure of uh, being involved with them as their senior producer and lead director on the uh, Big Ten football and basketball game of the week. So I worked very closely with them. They're very, uh, and by the way, Tony Petiti, uh, another one of the uh, superstar um you know, hires, and uh, he's, he's going to be very helpful to the conference. Uh, Tony was, of course, uh, 
with major started the MLB network and uh, worked for Major League Baseball. Prior to that, he was in charge of all college sports for CBS. So he's he's got quite a uh, a resume there. And Tony's a very very sharp guy. Uh, my thought is that they're they're going to be as they always are, very strategic, and uh, it's only going to be uh, philosophically schools that work that can work with them as well as you know, placement. So uh, I don't expect uh, them to, to be very quick. Um, would they take, you know, uh, I've been asked a lot about the ACC and, and uh, you know, those sorts of situations. Look, I think they would be very interested in North Carolina, uh, possibly even Florida State. And, you know, if there is a way for those universities to work themselves out of out of a contract and out of the grants of rights, uh, right now, you know, there's been a lot. Uh, you know, I've dealt with grants of rights before. It's not something. You know, TV contracts and grants of rights are not the same thing, and uh, grants of rights are not as easy to get out of as some, you know, uh, internet lawyers let you <laughs> have you believe. Um, <laughs> So I think the key there is uh, uh, there's just no, there's no reason for that for them to rush. They're, you know, they by uh, the next TV contract, I think they'll take the pulse of what's going on, and uh, and then they'll make, you know, they'll act accordingly. But I don't see them rushing to uh, to add anyone. I think that they're cool. Um, the SEC is cool, and uh, I think right now. It's a matter of, you know, I, th- I, I certainly don't think the ACC, uh, they've seen what happened to the Pac-12, and they have no intentions of being eaten up by, um, you know, either the Big 12 or, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Big 10 or, or the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, you know, certainly they, they don't want that to happen. Do you see the Big 10 looking at the NFL model? And and going towards a something along the lines of targeting at the twenty four teams, where you know in two thousand thirty, you know that that type of time frame where they could they could have the smaller divisions. So even though they're expanding, they could actually start getting back to where they have more rivalries in those smaller divisions, and also have a semifinal and a final for a little mini football tournament? I think that that's probably the route that eventually it will be taking. I think that in in some ways they kind of screwed up, okay? And I think that had, let's just say, we'll, we'll use the model you just brought up, which would be the NFL model. If you took the 32 most profitable um and you know, football brands, they could have divorced themselves, if you will, from the athletic departments, gone off on their own, and become independents, if you will. They could have kept the conferences together, and for basketball and all the other sports, and basically formed what, in essence, would have been the NFL model, and it wouldn't have screwed up any of the conferences and you would have been able to to have a very 
interesting model. I do think eventually there's going to be uh, an NFL type format because it's it it makes the most sense. Number one, number two, we've got over a hundred lawsuits out there, which you know can screw this whole thing up. And you know, if just one of them hits. Uh, I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument that the the lawsuit that um, will you know has to do with paying um, you know athletes on uh, and that's not just football it's all athletes become uh, in essence uh, people who are employees of the university well if they become employees of the university uh, then that report that allows them to uh, also uh, you know file for workman's compensation if somebody gets hurt uh, it gives them the right to form a union uh, I mean there, there's all kinds of uh, you know, uh, potholes, if you will. I wrote a story about that in, in Forbes about, uh, you know, where this is going. And uh, it really, you know, I, I think we're kind of at an inflection point, guys, where uh, college sports as we know it is gone forever and uh, it's headed into, you know, a quasi uh, NFL type um, format. Talking with Jim Williams, contributing columnist for Sports Illustrated, Forbes, and Newsweek. And again, as we mentioned, as somebody who really has been, um, really has his, his finger on the pulse of this college realignment game. Jim, I want to get in one more question before we hit a break here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to push back, or, or not push back, because <laughs> I've, I've learned my lesson. Look, there's, no wrong, there's no wrong way to go with this. So ex- you, ex- you yeah, I, I, back. We're, just, we're just giving the, we're sharing our our. We are. Yeah. Let let me, here's, I guess, here's my question. I think in terms of the ACC is that even with the the new money coming in from ESPN and so maybe the Florida States and the Clemson's um, the North Carolina's and Miami's, maybe they go um, from 40 million, maybe they get now 50 million, right? You're still going to be 20 million a year behind the teams you're trying to chase, right? The big 10, the SEC, can the ACC hold on for another seven years or six years um, when these schools will be a hundred million dollars in revenue behind those other schools, it seems like the way these other conferences are structured, that if there is a landing place, a, a big 10 or an sec, um, it feels like it's almost inevitable. There will be some kind of action taken somewhere for some of these schools to try to get in on, on that bigger money. Okay. Um, do you want me to answer now? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. It's, it's just, I'm gonna get your okay. thoughts on that before we, before we go. All right. Well, on the ACC aspect of it, I, I think they can hold together uh, for a while. I don't think there's any question about that. Here's where I'm going to be get myself in trouble with ACC, and I don't want to, but life is, is the way it is. You got to be deal with truth. Right now, FHU is is a brand that is out there, and we all know that they're um, talking about what's going on. Clemson is falling off. Miami has not been relevant. It's tough to sell those schools right now. Okay. Okay. In my mind, if I'm a programming person, do I like Florida State? I like them. Do I like them $100 million worth? No, I don't. Do I like them $50 million worth? Probably not. Uh, There's no way in hell I would pay that for Clemson or Miami or for that matter, even North Carolina. You know, I, I think that what what they what people want it's like i want a ferrari okay i'm not getting it 
what I would love to have it. Uh, so I, I think that uh, what we're looking at in the uh, in the ACC is more of what might be, and I wrote about this and people <laughs> went nuts, but more of an Ivy League-ish type situation. They've got Stanford, they've got Cal, they've got some of the top research institutions in the country there. And there's a lot to like about that sort of, uh, of mix. But as far as, I think we've seen the last $100 million contracts. And, and I think that was what happened with uh, the Big Ten. And I think the SEC is very cool with where they are. Um, you know, are we going to get to, um, is there going to be that discrepancy? Absolutely, there is. And, um, you know, is it fair? No, it's not. But, you know, let's take a quick look last year real quick. Um, you know, the Cotton Bowl, we all remember that USC came out there. USC, um, you know, with uh, about $45 million when it's all said and done, lost to a team in Tulane that spent $7 million. No, you're exactly right. Well, Jim, we're going to leave it there um, because we could we could talk all hour. Um, but we do hope you come back on and give us some more um, some clarity on this and more of your insights. Um, we really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And uh, we can't until next time we get together to talk about this. I look forward to it, guys. You uh, have a wonderful day. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, now that you got me, uh, you're stuck with me. All right. Well, we, <laughs> hey, you're stuck with us, too. How about that? Jim, we appreciate right, it. Fair enough. Okay, <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, Jim Williams, again, he's a contributing uh, columnist for Sports Illustrated, Forbes, and Newsweek. He works for Zinger News Service. You can follow him on X at JW Media DC. We all follow him. We encourage you to follow him as well um, because he, again, really has been um, just as had some outstanding insights um, on this topic of college uh, realignment. We've got to take a time out. More to come. The conversation continues after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Well, fellas, hey, NBA season uh, is here upon us. Um, can't wait for that either. You know, great storylines. I love to see a team um, like the Denver Nuggets. We saw them getting their rings uh, a couple nights ago when they open up against uh, the Lakers with a win. Um, one of the big stories, of course, is the number one overall pick, uh, Victor Wimanyama. How good can this kid be, not just this year, but in his career? What do you think? I think he's got a chance to be one of the greats. I mean, be one of those guys. He's just he's got next level um length and size and he's skilled he's you know he's smart he really gets the game he's really high iq kid so i mean i think the biggest thing for him will be can he hold up physically you know or is he gonna get stronger whatever it's gonna be but he's got to hold up physically if he does i think there's no doubt he's gonna be one of the he could be an all-time great yeah, the videos of a couple of those block shots in the preseason were literally nothing more than amazing. And guys were like, how did he do that? Um, you know, I think he's got a chance to be really special. Like Brad, it's a little scary because of his thinness. There's a lot of Sam Bowie in him, and I, it just scares me that he's going to, you know, get one of those nagging foot or foot or lower leg injuries. And, and I hope that doesn't happen because I think – there's a lot of fun memories that he'll make for uh, fans to watch. So hopefully yeah. it'll, we'll get to see him. I think we're all waiting for that next generation kid, right. To come on and take, 
LeBron and Steph Curry as they begin to exit stage left. And and I think you're right. It's he's got all the tools uh, to be right there if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, I love international players and, and what they can do. And I love international players in San Antonio under Greg Popovich. I think he is in the perfect situation um, that he'll be nurtured. Um, Pop just takes international players, turns them into into just puts them in a system. They just get it high basketball IQ guys. He's got all that going for him and the talent. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him. And again, I, I agree with you guys. Hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, Damon Lillard after, um, you know, uh, <laughs> two decades in Portland, finally making the move, getting traded to the bucks. Um, do you like this pick? What does he do for Milwaukee? Well, he's that, he's that guy to go with uh, Giannis. I mean, I, I really like this. I think the bucks needed to make this move and not just because, it makes them a better team because they have the guy. Now Giannis knows they're committed to winning, and then you know Giannis has now signed a three-year, one hundred and sixty-eight million or whatever it is, something, some crazy number, stupid money, <laughs> stupid money, sixty, almost sixty million a year. So that's why. But they've shown him, hey, we're serious about this, and we're going to give you a, a a team that can win. Yeah, I, I, my only concern is, you know, how how are they going to guard some people? But on offense, that's the same problem that other teams are going to have with them when they start running the pick and roll with those two. Holy guacamole, that's going to be a tough one to stop because, you know, you got Lillard shooting from 30 feet or, or you get destroyed with um, Giannis on the rim run. I mean, that that's going to be no fun to figure out how to stop that. Yeah, no question uh, about that. Um, and but but yeah you're right like defend all those weapons right that they've got on that team um they're gonna be fun to watch i think Giannis again just the you know best player in the game right now um and that brings me to two of the other best players that are uh in their final years uh lebron james of course with the lakers um and then steph curry with the warriors those two teams which which one do you think uh the door is closed and and their title run is well can't say the Lakers title run because just one, uh, but LeBron has multiple rings. Which one of those two teams do you think um, probably it's, it's uh, the championship uh, hopes are over. I think the Lakers did a lot of good things in the off season to kind of give themselves an opportunity with their additions and they're, they're using LeBron and load management, you know, with fewer minutes and trying to keep him healthy. And also, so he doesn't have to sit out games, et cetera. So I'd say it's them. I, I just think the, the, the warriors, um, dominance is over but i will say I, sometimes i i might have thought that two years ago when they won so <laughs> so it may, might be too a little bit early but i think the warriors have set themselves up for the future a little bit but they still i think it's going to be a transition for them to get there again yeah i'm not certain that either of those teams are going to be competing for a title uh when you look at what you know denver's got going on and Giannis and, and, and milwaukee and and don't forget you know what's going on with the celtics um, I, I think both those teams may be a little bit past their their prime and and but I think Golden State has a better chance of transferring to a new generation if their younger players make that they, they elevate their game. I, I think that's fair. I think that's a that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, in terms of an organization, they're so stable with Steve Kerr. They've already yep. made a transition in the front office, right, with the GM switch you know that's happened and i think that's the key how can they move forward um with this and, and you know and i will see what happens i think the lakers can lebron can his ego keep him on you know only on the floor for 25 minutes a game until april 
And I think that's the big, I, I don't think it happens. And, and that's the question is, um, and with the Warriors, can Steph Curry stay healthy? I mean, you know, that's the thing too, that he's had injury issues as well. Um, we'll leave it there. NBA season to be determined. The fun begins. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two of the Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy here with you. Uh, Patrick Quinn on audio. We always appreciate his hard work. Uh, it is basketball season, fellas, and so we want to talk a little hoops right now. As we mentioned, Sunday, it's uh, Illinois, 25th in the country, taking on number one, Kansas at State Farm Center, $40 tickets. Uh, there's a few still available. Make sure you get there because the proceeds, again, going to the uh, Maui Wildfire uh, Relief Fund. And uh, we know that they deserve it. Please give and uh, get a chance to see some great basketball. The regular season tips off a week from Monday as EIU, go Big Blue! Uh, they come to town <laughs> and open the season like they did last year uh, on Monday night, and we are off and running from then. Uh, joining us now as well to join in this, uh, basketball conversation, Kendrick Prince, director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And of course he himself, a hoop guru, um, fellas, first thoughts right now, this team 25th in the country. Um, you know, you guys have watched them in practice. You saw them in the exhibition game that look was an exhibition game, right? It was meant to kind of, you know, showcase their best and work on some things. Your thoughts about this team right now, heading into the season. I'm pretty bullish. I mean, I I like them. I I think they're uh, they're they're good. They're deep. They're versatile. They can do a lot of different things. They can play a lot of different lineups. They can play big. They can play small. They have excellent positional size. So sometimes people talk about oh that they, they've got size, but well, do they have positional size? They have multiple, you know, bunch of guys. They can post different people. They have guys who you know shooting is a bit of a concern, but I like with Goody and Damask. Added into the mix, I really like their I like their ability to shoot the ball. I think adding Justin Harmon is probably one of the most underrated things uh, this year uh, in the offseason that we didn't even realize he's like the guy they didn't know they needed, that they did. And so I, I really like where they're at. Now, the big question, of course, is still, who's going to be running the team at the end of a game? Is it going to be Ty Rogers, Marcus Damask? Is it going to be Nico Moretti? And, and we'll find that out as we go along. How do you handle these close games down in the final four minutes? Yeah, and and I do think this is this team is uh, very athletic, and they have the ability to shoot, and more importantly, they're older and more mature than most of the teams out there. And in a Big Ten that's not as strong as what we've seen maybe in past years, there's a big opportunity for them. Well, for me, you know, right away, one of my major concerns is, is what Brad mentioned in the latter part of his conversation is the the point guard play. We know Ty Rogers is not a pure point guard, but and it's not just down the stretch for me. It's just running, you know, the offense and running the team. And, you know, most teams that advance in the tournament or most teams that are really successful, they have really, really good guard play. And, and it's not that he, you know, he may learn it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big uh, Drayvon Gibbs Longhorn fan. He's a freshman. Uh, I know uh, Brad loves Nick, Nick a lot, and I think there's a chance that, you know, both of those guys – Later in the season, you know, we'll see some core time. But I will also say my big thing is they're old. They look really, really comfortable. Even though they have been together a lot, they look like they've been around for a long time. So I was really impressed with that. But I want, I hope they shoot the ball better. That has to change. And, you know, and they got shooters now. So we'll see how it pans out. 
that was my one concern watching the exhibition win over Ottawa, which was 116-65, a blowout. We expect that. Um, but more than half their shots came from outside the arc. I mean, like something like 40 of 72. Don't quote me the exact numbers, but something to that that level. You know, Brad Underwood talked about in the offseason and, and, and here in the preseason that they want to get better shot selection. Look, some of this I know was just guys wide open. They're, you know, kind of why not? Um, but are you concerned at all that that they'll they won't be as disciplined um once things kind of get going, not just with Kansas, but even with the IU Oakland? And look, Marquette comes in um two weeks from Tuesday. You you play Marquette as a part of the Gavit games. Um they're a, a top ten team. Um and with a very good coach in Shaka Smart. I mean, how concerned are you that that um that message is getting through in terms of getting better shot selection? Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I think these guys are older, too. I mean, I think they understand it. So, I mean, last year, you you know, shot selection was obviously an issue, but you had guys like Matt Meyer, who was basically uh, all ISO, and then you had three freshman guards who you're relying on, and Jade Nepps and Sky Clark and Sincere Harris. Now you've got more older guys. Yeah, you've got a couple freshman guards, but you're going to have guys like Marcus Damask, who's like, you know, 23 years old. Terrence Shannon is like 23 years old, 24 years old. Coleman Hawkins, 22 years old. You start going down the line, they're old. Quincy Guerrero Guerrer is uh, is uh, 23 years old. So they're old guys. They've been through the wars. They understand what they're supposed to do. And I think they'll make much better decisions and understand. Even Luke Goody's 21 now. So, I mean, like you got guys who are experienced, have been through this, and they'll take – I think that's where you'll get the better shot selection, you know, and, and decision-making I think is going to be better because most of these guys don't get sped up. That's just not what they do. They They've been through this. Yeah, and and I think the the other thing that you've got is they've got guys who've made the big shot before. They've got a lot of experience. There's not a lot that Big Ten coaches are going to be able to throw at these players that they haven't seen before. And I think that experience factor is something that maybe wasn't considered enough last year when we thought about what this team was capable of versus this year's team. Larry, I, I think, you know, something you said that, that can go un- unnoticed. They, I think in the first half, and don't quote me on this stat, they were 7-11, I think from three. Uh, what you said was right. At the end of the game, they were just chucking up shots. I think because Ottawa, was they were not guarding. They knew they were, you know, getting beat by 40 points. And I think some of those shots, you know, when you play Kansas or Marquette, you know, in Tennessee and FAU, you're not going to get those looks. So I don't think it's an air concern because I saw them take good shots. Um, and I think, it, you know, so far on paper, it looks like it's a better shooting team. You know, Drayvon gibbs Lawhorn can get on a roll. He's a very, very good shooter. Um, at least he came in with that. We know how good he could be. And, you know, I, you know, Brad mentioned, you know, Justin Harmon is a weapon that I just don't think people – talk about but i will say this from a national standpoint i think people who were able to watch the game i think they kind of bumped illinois up in some of their rankings because they do look solid and they can make shots and again we just talked about this ty rogers can handle the basketball i like what they have i don't think they're the best team in the big 10 i won't say that i saw michigan state play early in the week and i think they're dominant but if illinois does little things that they traditionally haven't done recently i think they're going to be okay little basketball round table here with uh, Mike, Brad, and Kedrick Prince. Um, want to get your thoughts. Who's the surprise player this year? Um, I, I will go first. Usually I go last, but I'll go first. I want to throw it out there. Yeah. I was really impressed with it. And again, exhibition, final few minutes, whatever. Amani Hansbury just turned into a warrior um, in, in, in that game. And a double-double in 15 minutes. A given. I know the competition. 
he's somebody that I think it seems determined to not be forgotten as the 10th, 11th man uh, on the bench. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great call. I think Amani Hansberry is really good. And every time you put him on the floor, he produces. And, and it's just kind of – it's one of those things that – and I, I get that what they're saying, you know, he's not quite there yet, he's not quite there yet. But all he does is put up numbers when he gets out there. So he must be good. My guy that – and I've already mentioned him once. The guy that I think is unsung right now is Justin Harmon. I think Justin Harmon's really good. I, I think that he brings a level of toughness. Um, and just a kind of a desire and competitiveness. Also, the ability to knock down shots in, in his role, like he did in his role before it was, you know, his previous stop was uh, Southern Utah. He had to shoot, right? He had to take shots. He wanted to, you know, create all these different things. Now he's in a complimentary role. I think he can be really efficient in a complimentary role and really bring that energy and toughness and something that they maybe haven't had from that guard position also being like, again, 23 years old. So he's my sleeper. I think he's going to have a really good year. Yeah. And I think Draven Gibbs, the horn is going to be as an opportunity to come in and be a real nightmare, especially when he's going to be playing at least to start the season, you know, he's not going to be out there against starters and his physical skills with his speed and his athleticism are going to cause problems for the people who are going to be guarding him which will allow him to build his confidence up for when he gets into the games against the the first and second string. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that by the time the Big Ten season can roll around might be able to get in there for bit, fits and spurts to contribute to an Illini victory. Oh, what a coincidence. I mean, I like all your picks, but of course I'm going to be a little different and I'm going to go with Mr. Domask. Uh you know, he's an older guy, Mr. Basketball out of Wisconsin, and, you know, played at Southern Illinois. And then Brad talked, Underwood talked about him and what he, you know, what he could do. And one of the things I really liked about him that Brad mentioned, he doesn't get sped up. The game doesn't blow, it doesn't phase him. He's been around. And he's an older guy, like we just mentioned with the old team. But he takes good shots. He's, a, you know, Brad always talked about, oh, he's a great passer, he's a great passer. He looked to pass the basketball. He looks really good in the two-man game. He gives Illinois something that they haven't had in a long time, and I think, you know, he's going to be real complimentary with a Luke Goody. You know, Luke Goody was a guy that I think he was end up being 3 for 10 or 3 for 11, but, you know, some of those shots like we talked about was, was you know, at the end of the game. But I think Marcus is, gives them something from a shooting standpoint, but he's also really strong and physical. And he's lost like 10 pounds. So Underwood thinks he's a little bit quick and he'll be better defensively because of it. So we all pick different guys, but I think, you know, which says something about the talent level on this team. Ted, I was going to say, I, I would have picked Damas, but I think he's their second best player. Like I, I'm not, so I, I'm not even thinking he's a sleeper or a secret <laughs> or a surprise. I, I just think he's really good. So I agree with you. I think he's fantastic. I think uh, right behind Terrence Shannon, he's the guy. And I found, I found his pounds too. <laughs> it was actually 17 it was 17 Mike. Well, i found i didn't... found 10 of them then I, brad <laughs> did you get the other seven i didn't yet but i'm working on it there you go there you go uh love all those picks and i brad i think you're right and i agree with you and ken that i think that he he may be we may look back like mid-season and when you know when all the national media they do their oh what do you think about the you know let's re-rank the you know the transfer portal whatever it could be one of those guys that comes in i would not be surprised to see him like at a top 10 of the the top 10 transfers from last summer. Again, it was one game, but he just, 
veteran presence, always found himself in the right place, doing the little things. Uh, you're exactly right. You know, once somebody, another player, I think that, Ken, to your point, the depth on this team is Luke Goody. I think it really be the X factor. Remember, he suffered his injury um, in that secret scrimmage against Kansas and was not available until later in the season. And maybe was never really himself because he lacked that conditioning. Um, having him healthy at the beginning, I think, really changes the dynamic of this team as well. I want to talk about the schedule before we hit a break here. Um, you guys may recall, I, I privately, maybe even on the air, kind of joked about the schedule and ha ha. Um, there's nothing ha ha about this. You've got, we mentioned already Marquette um, in the non con. You've got Florida Atlantic. You know, Final Four, you've got Tennessee coming in, uh, apparently a top 15 team. They're loaded again. You go down to Knoxville for that one. Um, Missouri is always a tough game, of course. And then Fairleigh Dickinson, before you forget FDU, they were the 16th seed that knocked off Purdue um, and went on to the Sweet 16. So I think this um, this schedule, this non-conference schedule, um, is going to be a lot of fun, if nothing else. Yeah, and there's only two top four teams they play twice during the big 10 season season two. So just add that to the mix. Yeah. It's a, it's, but you know what? That's, that's fun. I think fans get up for these times. Yeah. You like some of the critters so you can see everybody play and kind of get the feel good about themselves. But these are the games that, I mean, get you going. These get you excited as a fan. And as Ric Flair once said, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I think this is the only way to get really good is, is to play that competition and have your confidence built on a solid foundation. Well, I'll be brief here. I mean, the fans have complained about the schedule for years. I mean, they played some good teams. Don't get me wrong, but this is loaded. I mean, when was the last time a team like Marquette came into Champaign? I mean, I can't remember in the non-conference. So it's great. And I know the fans want to see it, but also I want to see it pay dividends in March. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, again, what they're working towards. Guys, remember when everyone was worried about the ACC Big Ten Challenge going away? Um, considering how weak the ACC has become, it's a much better schedule. You don't, If you're going to replace an ACC team with Marquette, I'm all for that. No problem with that. Ken, good to talk with you, man. We'll get you up with recruiting later on, but uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you. All right, a little basketball roundtable for you right there. By the way, presented by HX Home Solutions. We'll tell you about the Illini guys deal in just moments. We keep it here. We've got so much more to come still here uh, on the Sports Spectacular as we are just getting underway in hour number two. Uh, we've got to, a few topics uh, coming up. We'll hit on a few things here and there that you may or may not have caught up on uh, during the week. Uh, that's always uh, exciting, right? Including uh, the guy Mattress Mac and uh, what's going on in Michigan with drinking. And let's face it, with the latest stuff with <laughs> stealing signs, it may send you to the bottle. They just can't get out of the way up there, even though they're undefeated. Also, we'll take a look around the Big Ten as well and uh, some of the big games this weekend. This is a Sports Spectacular here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Attention business owners. Have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, 
How would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Hey, right back here on the show. Uh, let's talk a little, well, a little World Series, uh, right? We've got that going. Um, Rangers, D-backs. Uh, the biggest loser was Mattress, Mattress Mac. He's the Houston multi-multi-millionaire who always puts the giant bids, right? The giant uh, bets uh, on the Astros. Um, Astros failed to reach the World Series. As a result, uh, Mattress Mac, Jim McInvale is his name, lost uh, about $8 million on that. That's what he lost. That's tough. I, you know, I didn't, luckily if he'd let me do his picks for him, he, he'd do yeah. a lot better. See, yeah. and, and obviously, you know, he'd be, then he'd be millionaire, billionaire mattress Mac instead of millionaire mattress Mac. Yeah. And, and so thus the price of Serta mattresses went up by $50 a piece in the Houston <laughs> area. <laughs> exactly. Oh, by the way, he had, they won, uh, he might've won like, uh, $51 million that the Astros had won it all. So, yeah, well, I've got plenty of stories like that. <laughs> exactly. Every, every well, week uh, in the lottery, yeah. Mike, if they would have drawn my numbers, I would have I, won. You know, I've, I've come so close. I, I, I one time got the Powerball of the 1.5 billion. If they just had the other five numbers, I'd have won. <laughs> he wears a jersey that on the back says, if only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my woulda um, coulda shoulda jersey that's right I, I i did back when it was just a lotto and the nose powerball mike i i got five numbers one time five out of six i got like it was like thirty three hundred dollars or something like that it was awesome yeah and i went and blew it on crap so there you go oh i thought you said crack, <laughs> crack. wow crap Mine's Not crack, crap. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, the World Series of Dice, grits and gravy. One seventy-seven sevens in a row. Let's find out what he did with the money. Bought my mama a house. Spent the rest on pay, say, pay. <laughs> loves his mama. Loves his PCP. Uh, staying down in Texas, Olympian Mary Lou Retton. Great story here, guys. The Olympic legend from the eighty-four games in LA. Um, you know she's been really, really ill, but she's out of the hospital. How about the donations? Four hundred fifty thousand dollars in donations. Uh, people reached out for uh, Mary Retina. She was fighting for her life in the ACE ICU. She's now at home recovering from this uh, rare form of pneumonia. Just a, it's a great story that she's back at home. See, most people remember Mary Lou Retton from being in in the Olympics in '84. 
Uh-oh. I remember her for doing flips and Scrooged with yeah. Bill Murray. So there you go. So we all have our own <laughs> Mary Lou Retton memories. Yeah, and and I don't really remember from from the Olympics because if I don't watch a sport for four years, I don't obsessively watch it for three weeks straight. So I never watched her in the Olympics, but I did watch Scrooge, so I do remember that, Brad. Thank Aren't you, you the ray of sunshine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I never saw the U.S. hockey team. I saw that later on, you know, because I, I I don't watch hockey, so I never saw that. Yeah, she she's not a wrestler, therefore he doesn't he doesn't know. Yeah, you know why isn't pro wrestling an Olympic sport? Oh, well, really? Oh God! <laughs> so, wait, fake, wait, fake, 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 Right? What's her stage name? What's her stage? Oh, I don't know who she is. Yeah, exa- uh, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> little college football. Brian Kelly uh, stumbling his way into a five hundred thousand dollar bonus. All LSU had to do was become bowl eligible, win six games, and Kelly got a half million dollar check. Thank you very much. If they hadn't become bull eligible, he get a large buyout. <laughs> He'd have been gone, right? <laughs> That's what happens in LSU. So. Really? So he lost. He's a loser, right? Yeah, yeah, he lost. He lost money on this deal. <laughs> yeah, well, I, Brian Kelly giveth and Brian Kelly taketh away. But, I mean, look, the bottom line is, is if, if they go on a hot streak, they could make the people in SEC headquarters so angry if they could somehow beat Alabama and then go to the SEC championship game and then beat Georgia and then not qualify for the national title, <laughs> it would be hilarious for those people who don't like Brian Kelly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, w- I want to get this one in. Up in Michigan, they are applying for liquor licenses for games uh, for this season for basketball and hockey and in the future for football. Um, Michigan State already does it. A lot of Power 5 schools do it. And uh, they got permission earlier this week from their, you know, their board to move forward. So uh, drinks for everyone up in Ann Arbor. You you hope there's when they're looking, trying to steal the signs from across the, the way they can still see straight. That'll be the hard part. Or maybe they're hoping that they won't be able to see straight. They won't be able to catch them stealing signs in the future. Yeah, there's going to be a whole line of jokes when this one comes out. Twitter should be a, a, a light when we start seeing the alcohol at those Michigan games. That'll be a lot of fun. Because <laughs> the internet always wins. You know Yes, that. it does. By the way, it's almost Christmas. Go see Scrooge again. Call it up. Classic. It's awesome. <laughs> Bill Murray. Love it. <laughs> More after this. And watch Die Hard. It's a Christmas movie. Hi, Larry Smith here with details on a special Illini Guys deal with one of the premier home building and remodeling companies in greater Chicago, HX Home Solutions. If you live in the Chicago area or if you know someone who does and your home or business is in need of attention, call HX. Tell them you're with the Illini Guys and get $1,000 off your project. They offer full residential, commercial, and industrial remodeling and new construction services and only use the best in-class products with the top installers. Get $1,000 off with the Illini Guys discount. Why HX? They're experienced in business since 1950. They're respected, an A rating from the Better Business Bureau, and over 100 five-star reviews on Google. They're elite. They use only top materials like James Hardy siding. I have Hardy Plank on my own home. It's durable, looks good, and increased the value of my home. Marvin Windows, hail-proof Euroshield roofing, and much more. And they finish on time. None of this stuff sitting in your driveway weeks after they were supposed to be done already. The Illini Guys discount is available to anyone listening to this message. Their number is 224-880-6000 and their website 
hxhomesolutions.com. Be sure to mention the Illini guys to get your discount. HXHomeSolutions.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Uh, looking around uh, college football, there is one name missing among the hierarchy after uh, a dozen consecutive 10-win seasons. Uh, Clemson, unless they run the table and get a win in a bowl game, they're gonna that streak's gonna come to an end. Um, guys, the Tigers just just four and three, um, two and three in in conference play, and to put that in perspective, three losses already. They haven't had three total losses. You've got to go combine the last. Five seasons to get three ACC losses in the Clemson program. I mean, the, the wheels have really come off. Preseason, they were ninth. They, they're nowhere close to being ranked right now. So what's the difference? Well, there are two things, the transfer portal and NIL. Dabo doesn't want to use the transfer portal, and he doesn't want to pay NIL because he just think that kids should be getting it. And so it's that simple. If you don't do those two things, you're not keeping up with the Joneses. And they're still recruiting at a high level. Let's be honest. This team is still – he is still recruited very well um, as top ten classes year after year after year, but and top five many years. But it's not enough because you can't – other guys are bringing in 22- and 23-year-old kids to fill a hole. He's trying to plug in an 18-year-old freshman, and there's going to be mistakes. Then the other side is – he's missing out on kids because they aren't paying NIL money that other schools are. And it's not like they don't have it. They just choose not to use it. Yeah. I think ultimately I will never understand why if something is, is legal within the recruiting world, why you would choose not to use it. It it doesn't make any sense to me your personal moral values on it or your personal opinions are irrelevant. Your job as a coach is to use uh, your choice of tools to, to put together the best team possible. And if you're not willing to use all the tools, um, then you're not only hamstringing your team's success, but those players who are on the team, you're putting them at a disadvantage. I, I don't, I don't understand. 
it's um it's really hard to believe um but let's listen in to Dobble this week and folks he just doesn't sound happy i don't know why i really don't i mean but i i mean i I don't know why i mean we're in position to win i mean y'all watch the games i mean it's it's crazy it's uh it's it's She's been again. Those of you around here in 2010, that's the only thing I can kind of equate it to. In, in 21, we were four and three, but we weren't very good, right? We weren't near as good as this team in, in 21. That team responded, right, and went on and I think we finished 10 and three and and uh, you know finished strong. That team, but this team is this team's more talented than that team, and this team is in position to win. We had a couple. We we, we got a couple games. We got our butt handed to us. This team is. Been in position to win every game. It's been in position to win every single game we've played, and we just—I I don't have an answer. I don't. I mean, all I can tell you, you know, the only thing I can tell you is what I tell myself, and that is, you know, that sometimes things don't go the way you plan them, right? I mean, I love our players. I mean, you know, there's nobody, nobody that wants it more than Will Shipley, uh, but we got to take care of the ball, and then we got to finish. So I don't know why, but I do know that I do know that God never says oops. That's what I believe, and we just have to keep grinding. And again, better days ahead. This is a this is a this is a hell of a season that we're in the middle of right now, and it's just disappointing as crap. Because I mean, we have a really good team. We have a really good football team, and we are in position to win every game. And we're just. I got to help these guys find a way to to stop making some of these mistakes. Interestingly enough, he's talking about how, you know, the expectations have gotten too high and maybe we need to lose some games so people understand. I, I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is to continue to keep yourself at a high level. I think he gets it, but he's also trying to alleviate some of the pressure. What's there? Because there's got to be a lot of pressure based on where they were and where they are now. Yeah, and I think human beings rationalize behavior, and and I think he's probably going through some of that. At some point, he's going to have to accept either if you don't want to use those tools, then learn to embrace, you know, seven and four, you know, uh, seven and five or six and six records. I mean, there's no sin in doing that. I don't know if you can keep your job, but that's what you get if you're not going to be trying to use the transfer portal or NIL funds. Yeah. It's just incredible. Uh, one more loss and would be the fourth in ACC play that would tie uh, the most for this program uh, since Dabble became their head coach. Talking about Clemson back with more after this. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Second-ranked Michigan has the week off. The Wolverines dealing with a sign-stealing scandal that may be a bigger distraction than anything they've seen on the field this season. The final stretch culminates in their annual late November showdown against Ohio State. Quarterback J.J. McCarthy thinks they still have room to grow. One of the biggest things I live by is staying humble and staying hungry. And I feel like, you know, going into that game, I was telling myself, you know, I'm going to have more touchdowns than incompletions. And, you know, I just had to get, you know, reminded by God a little bit to stay humble and, uh, you know, respect every opponent, no matter who it is. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like that just changed a lot to my mindset going into each and every week and each and every day. So how do you stay humble now with the Heisman talking? Um, just keeping it very simple. It's very simple, you know, focus on my day-to-day wins that 
trying to accomplish every single day, like just getting in the cold tub or uh, just having, you know, that bone broth that I have every single morning. Just little stuff like that where, you know, just keep things in perspective for me and just head down focused on getting better. Speaking of the Buckeyes, after handing Penn State its first loss of the season, they head to Wisconsin to face former OSU assistant Luke Fickle. The Badgers, once in control of the West Division, are suddenly in danger of falling into a tie for first place. They're coming off scoring 18 points in a row in the second half to beat Illinois a week ago. Their first outing since losing starting QB Tanner Mordecai for the season. Here's Coach Fickle talking about this matchup. There's different things you learn from all, all that. I know the, for me the most important thing, or the first thing to start off with is it's not about me. I know there's, we have some guys on our staff, myself included, that have some obvious history there, whether they went to school there or played there. Um, but that's not what it's about. And for me, I don't want to get too much into it, but that, that'll be something that's always stuck in the back of my head. We've asked, hey, can you do a report or do an interview with a guy you know from Columbus or, hey, the Big Ten Network? I'm like, no, let's put a player on. Have him do a player. It's about the players. It's about our team. It's about our program. It's about the journey that we're on and the process that we're in, not the specifics of, hey, you went to school there. Hey, you played there. Hey, you got guys on your staff from there. When the ball's kicked off, that'll have absolutely no effect on anything that uh, happens on that field. And so we try to just focus on the things that are going to have the, the greatest effect on, on Saturday night. Closing the gap. I think that we're always looking for those gaps in whatever it is, whether you're an individual, you know, you're, you're a team, you're, a, you're an offense, you're always trying to close the gaps. If you're the guy at the very top, then you're trying to make sure you, you don't allow them to close the gaps. And so <clears throat> we can look back at last year, and last year is last year. And like I said, once the ball's kicked off, it'll have not a whole lot of bearing, hopefully, other than things that happen within your mind. Um, but you got to find ways to close the gaps. And, you know, if we don't use what happened last year as a learning lesson, whether we were here or not, um, then we wouldn't be doing our job, you know, as coaches and as players as well. And so finding ways to continue to close the gaps. There's gaps in everything, right? Every every week there's a gap in something, right? Whether they've got better this than you or you've got better that. Um, so I think for, for anything, it, you can really measure yourself and find out where you are as an individual, as a program, and as a team. Um, but we've got to continue to close gaps. And that doesn't best teams don't always win games, right? The most talented teams don't always win games. I mean, flip on <laughs> college football every Saturday, you know? It's crazy, you know, how things happen. And, uh, you know, so regardless of what that is, it's about the preparation. It's about figuring out where you got to close some gaps. And then ultimately, you know, can you play loose? Can you play fast? And can you still play aggressive no matter – who it is that you're playing against. A Badgers loss would be the second in conference play, and that means Nebraska could climb into a tie for first place. What a turnaround in Matt Rule's first season. From the 0-2 start to being in contention for a trip to the Big Ten title game, Rule this week talking about Nebraska's huge win over Wisconsin in volleyball in last weekend's number one versus two showdown and how he's using it as motivation as they host Purdue. I'll start uh, first by congratulating the women's volleyball team. I thought that was awesome on Saturday. I was home. I did not go to the game. Um, my daughter shame to me um, but we watched it together as a family and loved it so true grit and competitiveness was pretty awesome to see and so um, hopefully um, we can match their intensity this Saturday never you yeah, have never had anything anything close to this so but you know what um, we, we press on there's no there's no sadness in me like a sadness for my guys you know I mean I love those guys um, you know I didn't I couldn't have even thought of having another receiver go down you know um, but uh, and this is not but from a from a football perspective, 
you know, when we, when we walk out on the field on this coming Saturday, um, all but two guys will be underclassmen <laughs> on the offense. So uh, those guys are learning by fire, you know what I mean? Um, and you know what? When given a chance, Malachi Coleman went and made a play. You know, when given a chance, Emmett Johnson went and made a play. When given a chance, Justin went out and played well. When given a chance, um, you know, Jalen Lloyd has made plays. When given a chance, so we got guy, we got we have enough players to win with, and we got guys who can help us. So um, we'll just have to continue to step up. Now, Purdue is coming off a bye week, but trying to turn things around themselves, having lost four of their last five. Another team suddenly in the mix in the West is Minnesota. The Gophers are home against a reeling Michigan State team after last week's thrilling upset at Iowa. Coach P.J. Fleck talking about the team flying high on the way home. Life's about moments and memories, right? And we took the bus right home, five hours home. You get home at 1 o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, I've had a very special bottle uh, that I've been – that's in, in my uh, – in my bourbon cabinet that I collect, and uh, it had that name written on it. Um, and uh, got home, and Heather and I shared just a, just a, just a teeny bit of what it tastes like, and uh, it tasted just as good as I thought. So uh, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. And uh, every time we didn't win, I was like, man, I can't wait to taste that bottle. And people asked, let's open that. We're not opening that. Why? Because that one's Iowa. And uh, that's just how we live. And those are the things you, you collect over the years. And those are the special moments and memories you have. And that's how, I guess, Heather and I celebrated and then went to bed because <laughs> it was really early. So, um, yeah, but we had, we had Floyd on the bus ride home and, and he was all buckled in. He was right by Mark McElroy, our, our uh, police officer, uh, who's an alum as well. So he got to be the one that protected Floyd all the way home on that bus. So... If uh, something happened on that bus and we all had to run out, Floyd's first. So just make sure that Floyd gets off this bus first. What does what putting him in his pen mean? Put him in his, his, his pen. Pigs live in a pen. It's in the, in, in the Hall of Fame trophy room. Put him in his pen. So he's in his pen. You can walk by and see it on the way up. Also, we can't forget about Penn State. The seventh-ranked Indy Lions reeling after that road loss to the Buckeyes last week are trying to focus solely on Saturday's home date with Indiana. Coach James Franklin getting a bit testy in his weekly news conference as reporters tried asking about what went wrong versus Ohio State. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, that's a good football team. You know, what I'll, what I'll talk about is today. Um, we lost to a really good football team on the road we had our chances, we battled, we weren't able to capitalize. Big picture things, I'll be happy to talk about that at some point, but right now I want to talk about we lost to a really good football team on the road, didn't make enough plays when we needed to make right. the plays. And I think it's a, it's a fair question. I get the question, but, but right now I'm worried about the, this game. Again, when you look at today and the combination of uh, lack of success on third down and lack of explosive plays, uh, we got to look at that hard. I think there's some things that we can do uh, in terms of how we're calling uh, the plays. And I think there's some things that we need to do from a fundamental standpoint. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, but Drew needs some guys to make some plays for him on a, on a more consistent basis. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's a noon kickoff on CBS. Up next, Penn State travels to Maryland. The Terrapins are at home this week with Northwestern. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. 
Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Well, a little bit of uh, fun. You know, usually the weekly news conferences that all the coaches uh, in college football and even the NFL, you know, they always have. and. You know, the, the questions can get pretty mundane. But something interesting this week, uh, Notre Dame, when head coach uh, Marcus Freeman uh, was doing his, he was asked a question by a reporter. and and But the reporter is someone who actually, uh, he has seen coach some youth football. And uh, then this exchange happened. Let's listen. Coach, seeing Jadarian Price with that kickoff return touchdown, is he a guy that you, because of that injury, and it's such a severe injury for a whole offseason, is he a guy you kind of had to bring along a little bit slowly going forward? And is there something is there something more there he can give you in this season? Yeah, so I've been waiting on you. You know that. Yeah, I feel it. So <laughs> I'll, answer, I'll answer your question, and then we can play role reversal for a yeah, minute, right? That's right. <laughs> so... I was at a football game watching coach a little bit yesterday, so I got a couple questions. But um, my turn? Okay. Two things, right? Second, third grade championship game, okay? Two trips to the red zone, zero points. One play was a reverse pass that was intercepted in the red zone. You were the offense coordinator there? On that? Can, thoughts on the red zone play calling. What's your thoughts on those red zone play calling? You know, uh, they were attacking the run so much with Nico and Nolan, I thought we could drop one over their head. But maybe the elements, the mud, the game, yeah. it wasn't great for them. So it's good. That's good. Basics probably is the way to go there. Last question. There was a Nico Freeman in that same game that had a long run that was uh, negated by only having one flag on. Whose responsibility is to make sure the young man has two flags on? I think 
It would be the guy in the huddle, which could be me, but you might be able to blame Coach Stanley on the oh, side. Oh, you're, you're passing blame. Come on, Tim. You got to <laughs> yeah. own it now. <laughs> yeah, this was – is this not an excellent – this is so much fun. Like, you watch this clip, it's it's really cool to see it kind of turned on the reporter. And the reporter's just doing his job. But but Freeman just kind of I, – I think the point he's trying to make is that, you know, there's going to be mistakes. They're just so heightened at this level because of the money and the – television and all the stuff that's being looked at and uh, whatever it is, the message boards that, that you got to understand that they're, they're people, they're going to make mistakes. And I think it harkens back, you know, it used to ask a lot of questions about only having 10 defenders on the field against Ohio state. And, and he's like, you know what? We make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And that's part of this process. And, and I, I think, but it was funny. They handled it well. The reporter handled it well. And so I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the key thing here is is the sense of humor with which he did that because there are other coaches, as you know, who will go after reporters just like Coach Prime did at the start of the season. And when he was, you know, castigating reporters for having the temerity to question him. Um, and I think that was done in a way that wasn't humorous. Um, and And I think Marcus Freeman showed you the human side of it and showed the humorous side of it. And it was done very well. And I think that was really, really good. And I think the last thing is, is just because somebody makes a lot of money doesn't mean they're somehow immune to making mistakes. And I hear a lot of fans go, you know, we pay this guy $6 million and we pay that guy $4 million. Well, just because they make that kind of money doesn't mean they're all of a sudden perfect. Yeah, I, and I, Mike, you're right. And, and here's the other side of this. Just because people make a lot of money doesn't mean they're not a human being and doesn't mean that you're not. I mean, but we kind of think, well, they make a lot of money. So it comes with territory is what we say. But and I get it like criticizing is part of it. I, when I'm coaching, I, I'm the hardest on myself when if we lose a game doesn't happen all the time but you know it happens occasionally and so then so when it does happen you, you're hardest on yourself you don't need a somebody to come beat you up you know about what you did wrong but you understand that that's part of it and so forth but i think from in this level these sometimes are over the top and they make it personal it's not personal guys you made a mistake it's just part of it totally agree you totally agree they're they're human beings and i don't understand sometimes why you expect, you know, just because you pay somebody $10 million doesn't mean they're never going to get an accident driving a car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well said, by the way, as for the Irish themselves, 14th in the country, uh, hosting pits on Saturday, NBC three thirty Eastern in that one, uh, Notre Dame three touchdown favorites. Uh, so a heavy favorite to uh, go to seven and two, but we enjoyed the exchange and hopefully you did as well. We're back with more after this. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care.
How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're gonna love it. And you're gonna love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 That's 800-215-0341 Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800-413-7158. 800-413-7158. That's 800-413-7158. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Oh, the legendary late Larry Munson with the iconic call, Baloo to Scott uh, in that Georgia-Florida game, back when they called it the world's largest cocktail party. They don't anymore, and, and we're, all, we're all for that. Uh, okay, time now here, end of the show, to get your picks. Florida and number one, Georgia. Brad Sturdy, who you got? Man, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. I, I it's I can't pick against Georgia though. I I really I'm I was thinking Florida, but I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Yeah, and I I don't think this is going to be close. I think Georgia is going to I think the closest it's going to be is 0-0 and I think Georgia's going to win this with relative ease, you know, 14 points, something along those lines. So you're giving me the points? For the money that we put on the table, yes. i've got to go with you that brad i'm with you i i want to pick florida in this uh but i just think george at the end um you know they've got too much if this were in gainesville um i might feel differently but it's not and uh, so i'm going to go bulldogs to go eight and no and uh, win this series again great one out at the pac-12 and noah does not involve usc uh who thought we would say that back in august uh oregon at utah the the utes utes the reigning pac-12 champions trying to win the league and you know possibly it's it's last year yeah i i'm going with oregon here i just i i think that uh you know bo nix is going to lead them to this win i think he's played really well this year probably one of those unsung guys when to talk to you know depending on how things shake out 19 tds one interception so far i think he that he leads them to this win over a utah defense that's very good though 
I'm going to go with the pig farmer at quarterback. I like Utah. I think uh, Whittingham is one of the better coaches in college football, and I think Utah at home is going to be victorious. I like what Utah's done with their starting quarterback, Cam Rising, out. I mean, you know, who would have thought they would have done this, right, this season with the backup quarterback? I'm going with the Utes as well uh, in this one. Um, I think Oregon, again, with Bo Nix, uh, they've had an outstanding season. What a year for the Pac-12, and I'm going Utah uh, in this one. All right, uh, let's go to the Big Ten now. Ohio State cruising right along. They're at Wisconsin, which found a way to get the win last week on the road uh, at Illinois. Uh, Buckeyes or Badgers? Buckeyes. No analysis needed. Marvin Harrison Jr. is my is now my Heisman choice. So go Bucks. Yeah, Buckeye's going to win this. There's going to be no referee to disqualify Harrison in the middle of the game. Although <laughs> that that might be their only chance. That's how they got Illinois with uh, with uh, Newton, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of a no brainer. Ohio State uh, at at Wisconsin. I take the Buckeyes in this one as well. By the way, we should point out uh, all of us went three and zero. Um, last week that clearly won't happen now with us making uh, different picks. Brad Sturdy, have you missed a game this one season? this Just year? One. Okay, one, seventeen and one. Not that I'm counting. No, not no. You're not at all. So we're I knew- rapidly getting to as high as he can go, though. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> coming coming soon. Sturdypicks.com. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe so. Uh, is it, the rumor is that he's contacted Jamie Foxx to do his ads for him. So, uh, <laughs> not, so you know, you're now betting with the king of sports books, Brad Sturdy, <laughs> sturdypicks.com. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, as always, it's uh, more fun than we deserve, and hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. We appreciate all of our guests who stopped by today. Be sure to enjoy the games, enjoy the weekend, and be safe. We'll see you right back here, same place, same time next week. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. For all the guys here, thanks. We'll see you. ILL. I and I. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.